Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Today's readings are taken from Exodus chapter 16 verses 1 to 3 and Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. Exodus 16 And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Acts chapter 2 And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favour with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Good morning, everyone. On this week nine, believe it or not, of um, yeah, of lockdown, of uh, church, viral church, where we um, come into your home. Uh, we keep saying every single week, it's not the way we want to do it, it's the way we have to do it. Um, but we're so glad that we're able to use technology. Thanks again to the guys for helping us do this and uh, get into your homes. I, I, <clears throat> I was thinking this week that I'd love to give a little update um, and a little bit of a ramble. Some people say most of my talks are rambles, but um, I thought that I'd start by talking a little bit about us, about my family. Laurie and I are good. Um, the girls and Philly and Daniel are good. Um, Laurie is still nursing out in the community. And uh, between us, we are homeschooling Daniel. Although um, she's the principal and I'm the classroom assistant. Um, and that seems to be the case right through the house. Um, when it comes to housework, etc. I'm just trying to be the best assistant that um, I can possibly be. But I'd like to say, though, that um, we do feel loved and we feel uh, prayed for like never before. So thank you so much. Laurie has asked me several times, is there some kind of anesthetic or operation needed to get my um, rear end off the chair in the study? And, um, but there you go. I'll be honest, some days there's a little bit of discouragement sets in when I think about worshiping and praying together as a church. But in general, we're hanging in there and uh, we're holding on to each other and we're holding on 
to God and we're keeping our eyes and our ears fixed on him because after all, that's where our help comes from. Thank you so much too for all your messages of encouragement and your likes and thumbs up um, for the devotional at 8.30 each weekday morning. Trust your rule of life is going well and thank you for the feedback on Sundays as well. Dave and our team of staff here have never worked as hard. Um, we, our kids, our youth, our outreach, our social media stuff and compassion, and they all appreciate your love and your encouragement and your support. The Lynx counseling team are working as hard as ever they have worked. Counseling over Zoom is draining, so... Uh, Thank you so much to that team for all that they do. And then we have our board. We meet bi-weekly over Zoom, Portadown and Lurgan board together, um, which is great. Elders, we meet weekly again over Zoom. Um, they're just such an incredible bunch of people, our board, our elders. I love them all so much. And we have an army of pastoral care people trying their best to keep in contact, um, uh, making sure that those who have specific needs um, are really cared for and loved. So thank you a thousand times from the bottom of my heart to all of those people. And I suppose it would be unfair of me not to say a personal thank you to Dave, um, who coordinates the team here in Lurgan, and for the team as well for holding it all together. And just in case you're wondering how church leadership, church leadership is doing, um, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing good. Dave and Al and Chris and I meet um, three to four times a week, again, over Zoom, just to keep you right and contacts right. Um, keeping up to speed, we do that. Uh, look across the city at how things are going. We're shedding an odd tear, and we're praying like we've never prayed before and we're holding each other up. And so, I hope that encourages you to know that the team is doing well. We've had our challenges, but God is good. And the doors of our church may be closed, but it has never been more open. Um, more ministry been done than ever before, more generous than we've ever been, thankfully to you. Um, and we are aggressively reaching out to God at this time rethinking and reshaping and waiting on God. After all, we started this journey 24 years ago um, on the verse, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so that's never more valid than today. I was on a Zoom call just uh, last week with some of the local ministers and leaders in our town encouraging one another and then also on with a a wider group of senior leaders from across the land praying for the nation, praying for the island. So interesting to see what God's doing at the minute. So watch this space and see what he's up to. Now, when I'm sharing on personal stuff and sharing how our, uh, personally my life and our life is and the, our, our church team, I thought I would go a little bit deeper and I would talk to you a little bit about what's rambling about in my head at the moment. A couple of things that places that I've been hanging out in the scripture. Um, Katie, uh, thank you to Katie for reading this morning from two passages that we're going to talk about. Thanks to Dixie for doing the worship and Tara for leading us this morning as well. But 
a couple of places that I've been hanging out in the scripture. One is Acts 2, which is the early church. It's the church been born on planet earth that we are part of. And then the other part, um, which I love, is the exodus, the whole idea of the exodus of the people um, of Israel out of bondage. And in Acts 16, 1 to 3, that Katie read for us this morning, we have these people who have seen the deliverance of God from slavery and bondage, and yet here they are, they're, they're thinking their freedom is bondage, and they're relating back to bondage as their freedom. <laughs> they're complaining, you see, they're complaining, and they're griping that Moses has brought them out into the wilderness to die, and they're missing what they had. They forget that what they have now is freedom. That wasn't freedom, but they keep looking back from their freedom back into their bondage and just mixing the two up. And I began to think about that. I think how people are funny. Um, we can make our minds do all kinds of weird stuff, and that's exactly what these people had done. And it makes me think of the crisis that we're in at the moment, and uh, we can think of freedom as bondage instead of looking for Christ in the crisis. I said last week that when the crisis becomes bigger than our Christ, then that's when we begin to lose focus and get blinded. And in the Acts 2 passage, 42 to 47, we heard how the early followers of Christ devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayers. And we read how awe came on them, and many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. Now, I began to think about this. I began to think, here we have in Exodus 16, we have people coming out into a new life, in Acts 2, we have people starting into a new church movement, a new life. And I began to think of how both of these people were reacting. The first group of people didn't do so well. The second group are, 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 are hearing something. They're, they're moving in them things. And then it says in verse 46, it says this, that they would attend the temple together and break bread in their homes. Now, it got me thinking. And it made me think this week, maybe... Um, we've put so much emphasis, and speaking to myself, this is a message that I've spoken in the mirror this week, um, maybe we have put so much emphasis on our gatherings and on our church gatherings and on our temple gatherings that we've neglected our homes. And leaders are the worst at that. Um, most pastors and leaders will agree with me, I'm sure. And uh, I feel like the Lord has sent to me, Philip, um, and over the last number of years, my name has went from Philip to Phil. And so when somebody calls me Philip, I, I always um, know they've known me for a long time or else I'm in trouble, one of the two. And I felt like the Lord has said to me this week, Philip, you began all of this 24 years ago with the intention to strengthen families. Well, now's the time. It all began with the dream of a family of a hospital and of an army, and first and foremost, that we would be a family. And maybe our new goal needs to be that every home would be strengthened and focused on God in a completely new way. Wouldn't that be a great goal? That every home, every single home would be strengthened and focused on God. Every marriage better and stronger. Every child focused on the kingdom. Every single person better and more connected with God that we're teaching people not to rely on us, but people teaching people how to rely on God. Imagine this, your kids are being discipled by you. 
Who would ever have thought? What an image. Instead of a school teacher, instead of a Sunday school teacher, and thank God for them all, but now you have this priceless opportunity like never before to raise a godly family. Now think back to Israel. They got it all mixed up, didn't they? They were in the middle of the greatest freedom they'd ever had, and yet they were looking back at what they'd lost, which was bondage. Interesting, isn't it? What if this is an opportunity, instead of you looking back at what you've lost, um, that you think about this as an opportunity to build your home? Now, I'm not talking about you painting a spare bedroom or getting your garden fixed up. Those are all great things to do. I'm talking about you spiritually, emotionally investing into your home. Two months ago, you hadn't time to pray with your family. You were away to work before anybody else was up. It was hurry, hurry, hurry. What if now God is allowing you to be, or hurry to be eradicated from your life? What, what, what if that were the case? What if God were answering more prayers now than we actually are imagining? Like the prayer, Lord, I need to cut back on my spending. Well, boom. I don't know about you, but I haven't put fuel in my car for over a month and maybe two Lord, I'd I'd love more time with my family. Well, boom, here we are. Some of you are thinking, Lord, I'd like a break now from that. But um, so, so maybe we don't need to do so much thinking about when we can get back together because we've no control over that and start focusing on our homes, stronger homes. Now, we'll get back together. We will. We'll get back together. We'll get through this. And we'll get back together when it's safe and well and right to do so. But until then, let's get our eyes focused on the Lord. Until then, can I say to you that we have a lot of work to do. So what does a stronger home look like? That got me thinking this week. And over the last 28, 48 hours, there was a, Nicola put a little text on our, on our core leaders um, app about some of the things that were going on that really upset me that, 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 that our, our, our structures and our systems in the world are so flawed and so broken. And so the question I was thinking is, my family is your family operating at its best? Now, you might be wondering, well, how would I know? Um, I, I think we're doing pretty okay, maybe you might say. Well, the world and the devil has a way of diluting, diluting God's creation. You know this, God's blessing from generation to generation. That's how God ordained it to be, that a, when, a, when, when one generation was passing, they would bring their kids in, they would lay hands on them, they would pass on the blessing. That was a very powerful thing. You'll remember the story that when Isaac gave the blessing to Jacob instead of Esau, when he realized he'd give it to the wrong person, It says he trembled and shook. And so what we realize is that this wasn't just a little Lord bless him. There was something passed on and that's the way God created it to be. And then we know that the devil has, has, um, he has just come and he has counterfeited everything that God has done. And so instead of of the blessing passing from generation to generation, now we have cursing passing from generation to generation. And so we need to understand this. God could have created a fully formed family, but he didn't. Rather, he encouraged man to do it. He, in the command in Genesis 1:28, he said to the man and to the woman, be fruitful and increase in number, 
fill the earth and subdue it. He left it to them to form a family. And so there's something that God is giving into our hands at this moment in time about our families, I believe. And God's plan was to give dominion to mankind. We see this in 126, and the problem began in Genesis 3 when when the devil stole it, and he stole dominion. And instead of, of, of dominion, the right to rule and reign, which is what dominion is, it became domination, and, and, and authority became bullying and sadistic. And I began to think through some things that make for a healthy home. And uh, whether your family is big or small, they will, uh, this, the, the, these principles that I'm going to give you right now will apply to every person listening because we all relate to someone, whether married or single, whether we have kids or not. And so I'm gonna, this is gonna be really quickly, all right? I have 10 things that I felt the Lord give to me, so I'm just gonna bomb through them really quickly, so don't be panicking. All right, 10 quick things. The first thing for a strong, healthy home is agape love. Agape love is the first characteristic of a healthy family is that everyone feels treasured and loved. I call this Love for just showing up. You just love because. I love that passage in Deuteronomy um, that talks about um, God says, I didn't love you because you were the biggest and best nation because actually you're the smallest and the least of all. I loved you because I loved you. That's love just for showing up. That's the love of God. And Proverbs 17, 17 says says it this way, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. In a healthy home, love is spread lavishly to each and every member of the family, regardless of his or her age, sex, gender, smartness, attractiveness, or performance capabilities. Love is unconditional. I love this. I love the fact that agape love should be in every home. Second one, strong communication. Agape love and strong communication. Dear children, John writes in 1 John 3, 18, let us not love with words or speech, but in actions and in truth, all right? The second trait of a healthy home is the presence of communication with truth and grace. If you can talk openly and vulnerably with each other, if you can listen lovingly to one another, if you can work through conflict without yelling and screaming and slamming the door and huffing, issues can be talked about and resolutions can be reached a strong communication. Third one, honoring uniqueness. These are just some things that I'm rambling in my head at the minute about what I feel the Lord sent to us about home life. Honoring uniqueness. Healthy home, uh, a trait of a healthy home is uniqueness. I don't know if it's God's love of variety or just a sense of humor, but have you ever noticed how he delights in placing polar opposite personalities and temperaments in the same family? Um, Everyone in our family is so different. Some of them are extroverted. Some are like me, a little introverted. Some verbal, some not so verbal. But God says every one of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. This was Jill's favorite verse. It's on her headstone. Um, Psalm 139, 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. There are no accidents when it comes to God. God treasures each member. And I'm talking to you as individuals right now. God treasures you. He treasures your uniqueness. In healthy homes, there are no black sheep. In healthy homes, there's no partiality. There's no favoritism. Number four, no abuse. 
No abuse. Healthy homes, strong homes vow that they're never going to abuse, they're never going to shame or control, they're never going to um, make a fool of one another. Healthy homes realize that there are certain violations that do damage to a family member and they must be absolutely, categorically outlawed forever. As hurtful and as disturbing as all of this stuff really is, Family experts actually tell you that nothing compares to the soul damage done to children. Let me talk about children for a moment or two who are looking to their parents for love and nurture and security and instead receive some kind of abuse. That little emotionally fragile child who, who's looking for support from his mom and dad and gets disdain and scorn and disgust. A child desiring tender and affirming words gets screamed at by his mom or dad. A child yearning for a loving hug gets a slap across the face or even a fist to the jaw. It should never, ever happen, ever. And need I mention it? When a child is beginning to discover the mysteries of his or, own, his or her own sexuality, that tender mix of fear and wonder and excitement and finds a parent at the foot of his or her bed in the middle of the night with an agenda that makes all of heaven shriek in horror. It must never happen. In every age bracket, young or old, when it comes to the soul-shattering contest, abusive people take home all the prizes every time. Domestic violence is a no-no. Healthy people recoil at the mere thought of the conversation that we're having right now. Healthy homes never want shaming. Healthy homes never want controlling. Healthy homes never want intimidation happening. Number, a little verse before I jump to the next one, Matthew 18, 6. If anyone causes one of these little ones, Jesus' words, those who believe in me, Jesus said, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. I rest my case with that one. Number five, common faith. Even secular research on what um, contributes to high-functioning homes says that healthy families sharing a common spiritual belief system is very powerful. I love Deuteronomy 6. I quote it in many of our baby dedications. It says, love the Lord with your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be in your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. All the research I've looked at <laughs> it says that the families on the same spiritual page contributes to a strong and healthy home. Now, I'll talk about this in a moment or two in another little section called Traditions. But my mom's favorite line was this, start children off the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn away from it, Proverbs 22, 6. My mom used to say to me all the time, son, they're not old yet. They're not old yet. They're not old yet. Number six, respect for others. A healthy home respects each other. What I'm saying here is that there are certain things families have to do. There are certain values that homes have to underline and commit to getting right, and respect is a powerful thing. I was thinking about the golden rule in the Bible, Luke 6, 31, 
do to others as you would have them do to you. Number seven, taking responsibility. Now here's a funny little story. It's entitled, Whose Job Is It Anyway? And it's a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. Let me read it. There was an important job to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job and everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. And it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Now you're gonna have to rewind that and listen to it again because it might be confusing, but the message is clear. No one took responsibility and nothing got accomplished. And here's my little thing, become a role model. Don't make assumptions and set the standard in your home. Colossians 3, 23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Number eight, we're near done, play, play. I began to think about this one last night. I began to think, and some great verses, Ecclesiastes 8, 15 Sometimes I read Ecclesiastes and wonder why it's in the Bible, but it's there. It's an incredible book. And it says this, so I commend the enjoyment of life because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of their life and God, that God has given them under the sun. And here's another cracker one, James 1:17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Healthy homes play together. I was surprised by the research that stresses how important this is for high-functioning homes and families. And you need fun stories and fun family stories to share and memories um, to uh, bring you along the way. Number nine, two more to go, traditions. I love this one. Traditions. You know, sometimes we think that traditions are bad, but you know, it's great to have traditions. Listen, listen to Jesus' tradition. He, Jesus, Luke 4, 16, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. It was Jesus' tradition. Went to church every week. Listen to what Paul said. As was his custom. The apostle Paul, Acts 17, 2, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days went, as was his custom, going to church. He reasoned with them from the scriptures. Psalm 92, 13 reminds us, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. What are the non-negotiables in your house? What are, the, what are the dairy entries in pen that can't be rubbed out and changed? What are the things that are non-negotiable? There's things that are really, really important. Healthy families celebrate meaningful rituals and traditions together. Some of those can be fun, but some of them, like um, worshiping God, like prayer times together, like breaking bread together, like being at church, which isn't really that possible at the minute in a corporate sense, but here you are in your home together with your family worshiping God. These are traditions that need to be maintained and watched. We have a little one called egg rolling at Easter. We've done this from our kids. We're small for 40 years. And uh, this year we had to do it, we had, we had to do it virtually. 
and we all rolled our eggs in the same place at different times and videoed it to find the winner. So there's ways around even to keep your traditions. And then lastly, as we bring it to a close today, seeking help, seeking help. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, Proverbs 27, 17 tells us. Families that need help get it when times are tough. If things are getting tight for you, seek help. There's an old Chinese proverb that reads, nobody's family can honestly hang a sign on the front, on the front porch that says, nothing the matter here. Because there's always something the matter in all of our homes, if we're honest. And so many families before our generation were closed systems. They had problems, but they never opened up about them to outside help for resolution. But highest functioning families and homes realize just how fragile their homes are. And when they need help, they get it. They get it from church. They get it from a life group. They get it from an elder, from a friend, from a Christian counselor. They're not a closed system. They get help. Now remember, we started with the children of Israel thinking they were, their, their bondage was freedom and their freedom was bondage. We talked about Acts 2, about attending to the gatherings and maybe neglecting our home. Can I say to you as I close today, can I give you a clear prophetic word from the Lord? Because I think, I, I believe God gave me this word as he does um, at, at all times. But I believe this word directly from God, and I could say it as a prophetic word, strengthen your home, strengthen your marriage, strengthen your relationships, because the kingdom moves at the speed of relationships. Seek first the kingdom of God and his right ways, and all these things will be added in. Let's pray. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then we would love you to take that opportunity and accept him as your Savior and Lord today. You say, Phil, how do I do that? Well, the Bible just says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, then you will be saved. Those are incredible truths. Just saying, Father, I'm a sinner, I repent of my sin, and I invite Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. And if you'd like to do that, or if you've done it, we'd love to know, and we'd love to help you if you don't know how to do it. And there's a phone line that's running across the bottom of our screens that can help you, and someone would love to be um, able to pray for you at this moment. So God, I pray that you'd seal your word. Pray for these 10 things around strong homes and healthy families today. That God, you would, uh, if you've given us this time to reset and, and strengthen and build our homes. Father, we um, have no idea what you want to do on the other side of this comfort. We can only imagine coming out of hundreds and thousands of strong homes that the world will be our oyster and we'll see the church, the church built like never before. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. The Lord bless you this week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website 
at emmanuel-church.co.uk.